I am Aaron Gittleman from Localized.City, and this is my first apartment. As a native New Yorker, I'm fascinated by people's first experiences in this city and the story of finding their home, both physical and emotional. Today, we have Jonathan Miller of Miller Samuel here. Thank you for joining us, Jonathan. Oh, great to be with you. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, Jonathan is a rock star appraiser. Um, <laughs> you should see him right now. He's got a mohawk. He's got he's got six earrings. He is he's the David Lee Roth of appraisals. Um, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, but I'll take it. I think I definitely think it is. Um, I'm I'm a huge David Lee Roth fan. All right, um, <laughs> understood. So which rock star of appraising would you prefer to be? No, I I'd go with the whole Van Halen thing. Okay, the, that's the whole, fine. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, we ain't talking about love. We're talking about <laughs> about Jonathan Miller's first apartment. Um, so you're telling me you moved to New York um, in 1985 when you were 25 years old. Right. Wh- who were you? Um, well, uh, actually, uh, I had moved from uh, Chicago. My wife and I had come to a wedding in Long Island. To one of her brothers uh, in the Midwest had married somebody uh, that's from Long Island. And we stayed in Manhattan, and we immediately fell in love and within, uh, fell in, well, we were already in love, but fell in love with the city, just loved it. And uh, in the mid-80s, you know, it was a lot gr- more raw and gritty than it is now. And uh, we looked at each other and basically said, okay, we're moving here. And uh, within six weeks, we sold our cars, quit our jobs, and moved to our parents' one-bedroom apartment and slept on the floor for six months <laughs> <laughs> so so like what about Manhattan in the 80s just struck you well it was uh it wasn't it's hard to describe but it wasn't sanitized or plain vanilla literally wasn't sanitized <laughs> and uh I just like the edgy thing I, you know I'm often you know being in the appraisal business I'm often asked you know what kind of because I live in I live in Connecticut and uh, you know what kind of apartment would you like to have in uh, in in New York and I my answer usually is uh, a big loft in Soho w- with full of graffiti on the outside of the building but inside being nice so you have that gritty sort of contradiction I just love that and uh, and that's what really attracted well both of us. I mean, yeah, so that that was Basquiat's New York. Do you think if you came today uh, as a 25-year-old, you would feel that same um, magnetic magnetic pull to Manhattan? I I don't think I... Well, I think I would feel the pull, but I think it would be perhaps a different different angle or a different catch because it certainly isn't as raw and gritty um, as it was before. But it's also it's a fast pace. You can feel it when you go anywhere. You know, where I fly anywhere, you get off the plane. And it's like getting off of a, you know, like an escalator. It just slows down. And I guess at some point you become addicted to the to the pace. Before I came here, I was actually in the hotel business. You know, to the tradition, working in the suburbs, and um, not really enjoying living in this living where I lived. Because uh, it was boring, and uh, coming here is, you know, there's no comparison. So, so you sold the cars, left the apartment, quit your jobs. Um, did you have any savings? Uh, a little bit, not a, really, not. It wasn't planned out. It was more spontaneous. I mean, we're young. We, you know, at you know, we we didn't have kids. Uh, fair, you know, married for maybe a year and a half or so. So it 
it, we could be spontaneous. And you know, now we have four kids. Well, they're all grown up now, and a mortgage and all that sort of thing. We were <laughs> very mobile, to say say the least. This was kind of interesting, where you were already in real estate, so you didn't know New York. You get to New York. You just kind of dive headfirst into real estate, yeah. and then you find your first apartment. So, right. how did you find? How, like, did you did you have any tricks to the trade when you were looking, or did you did you know people? How did you find this apartment? I think we just saw the building going up. We love the West Side. Saw the building going up, and in fact, we um, when we went to look at the you know went to the the uh, office. Uh, we actually went up to the actual apartment. It was 32B at 124 West 60th. And I always remember that because there were a couple of uh, pictures of like new people that came to Saturday Night Live and they'd have them, you know, like sitting in their apartment and you could see out the window. And, and I ended up, you could tell it was the B line. Like there was, there were two, and I can't remember their names now. Um, but anyway, when we went up to the 32nd floor, our apartment was full of uh, tools and construction debris, you know, with screwdrivers rammed into the drywall, you know, that just, the, you know, like the, you know, the workers sort of damaging whatever, you know, magic markers all over the walls. And uh, we looked at this apartment and we thought it was awesome. <laughs> we were just really excited to have our first place and have some privacy, even though my parents are great, just to have some privacy. Was, so, so was this a rental or a purchase? It was a rental. It oh. was a rental. And and it was a 600, basically, I think it was a 600-square-foot uh, one-bedroom on that looked over Central Park South. And you said um, the address was? Uh, 124 West 60th. So I guess is that, you would, that's the Upper West Side, you would say? Yes, that was yeah. the Upper West Side for sure. And, um, you know, I loved, you know, walking down the sidewalk and, all the car, you know, every other day, one of the cars would have the windows smashed out and there'd be glass on the sidewalk. And, you know, it really felt like, uh, you know, we were sort of, you know, I don't know, pioneer, not pioneers, but just sort of, you know, the, the exploring an, a new area. And, and really when we've gone, you know, I, as an appraiser, I've gone back or, you know, appraised in buildings near it or, uh, around the corner, and uh, it's mind-boggling how much residential has been squeezed into this area. Yeah. So, so I guess. Um, so, did you pay like a, a fee? Did you, did you pay a broker fee? Were you the broker that you paid the fee to? Uh, you know, uh, I don't. There was no outside broker. We walked into the sponsor's sales office, and I want to say in 1986, a one-bedroom. I want to say we were paying, and I could be wrong, but it seemed about fifteen hundred a month. So for us, we weren't making that much money. It was, it felt like about eighty percent or seventy-five percent of our. I mean, it wasn't a good plan, but um, <laughs> but it kind of worked out, and and um, and we ended up living there, and then uh, for two or three, two years maybe, and then uh, when my wife. Uh, was was pregnant we we upgraded to a two-bedroom in the mm -hmm. same building <laughs> so i guess you're living there you didn't have that much money where were where were you eating food what were the well the well what was funny for us is that the the day we moved in our apartment's just full of stuff because we had kept all our stuff from chicago in a storage room and we uh we went down to a deli 
that was a block away and ordered you know these big sandwiches and just came up we had one light bulb in the apartment and uh just sat and ate these you know amazing sandwiches and sitting among boxes and it was just it was such a great memory and experience i mean what type of sandwich was it uh, it was like something like you know like uh, uh, it was all I remember. I want to say it was uh, corned beef and you know like a big thick deli sandwich like you'd get at Carnegie Deli back oh, in the okay. day. Nice. But it wasn't that. But it was still. It didn't even matter. It could have been peanut butter and jelly. It was just. It was so exciting to actually be on our own in, in the city. So then, um, so so you're you're settled. You you've hit the dream. You've moved yeah. to New York. Well, did the apartment live up to expectations? Absolutely, it was it was it was wonderful, and in fact, uh, we really started our company on the our table, um, you know, with computers set up and a copy machine and all this equipment um, about halfway through the experience, and we loved it. We loved it. I remember for about it seemed like it was, probably wasn't this long, but it seemed like for six months. We were the only occupants on the 32nd floor. This is a 54-story building, I believe. And so, you know, they're just over halfway, and they would, the building would get TCOs for each level and um, temporary certificate of occupancy, and, you know, they would occupy the building from the bottom up. And I just remember for, a, I remember a couple of times uh, with friends over, we'd walk up the stairs and go to the, the like the big open penthouses in the dark and look out over the skyline. And it was spectacular at night. I'm sure it wasn't appropriate, but, <laughs> but it didn't matter. It was, it was fun. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> it was an empty building. Were there construction noises? Uh, you know, if there were at the time, it's not something I remember. Um, it really wasn't. It was... Um, I mean, it just seemed like everything was very professionally done in the building, you know, that the way they handled it. I just remember going up with a hard hat when we first viewed the apartment in a in a uh, construction, one of the exterior construction elevators with all the workers. And we got off and, you know, and then we see the apartment full of debris and, you know, uh, uh, screwdrivers rammed into the drywall. And just were hooked. We just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what was what was the like? What if, if you could describe one smell of that apartment? What what is the smell ingrained into your memory? Um, you know, it's funny. I don't I don't have any memory of smell or you know of anything in particular. I just remember the visual of just staring out the window, uh, looking eastward over, directly over Central Park South and how spectacular it was. And I would l literally, uh, not figuratively, but literally stare and, uh, and just was enamored with it, uh, especially at night. You know, one of the things about being an appraiser, having an appraisal company, um, where we've, you know, like I've personally been in about 8,000 apartments in my career. Um, and... We never during work, you know, during work hours ever get to see the city at night. I mean, I come here in the evenings, but I don't get to see high floor views with all the lights um, in my sort of day to day, even though I've been in so many properties. And when I was living here, that was my most cherished amenity of the apartment more than anything. And in fact, uh, when we ended up trading up to a two bedroom, it had a balcony and I used to sit out there and just 
the sounds and um, and the uh, the visuals were just spectacular. And in fact, the the sensory overload for me was the noise because it's sort of like you know it's white noise that you process and uh, you end up not hearing it after a while. When I moved, when we my wife and I moved to Connecticut um, after our uh, first son was born, we have four. <laughs> um, our first son was born. Um, it took me about a month to really fall asleep because it was stone silent. And you don't even realize that till you're out of it. And uh, and I didn't mind it while we were here. I never had trouble yeah. sleeping or anything. So I guess that view, so that's before the Time Warner building. Um, yes. Was was the New York Coliseum still there? Yes, it was. Uh, and uh, And so we, I think, uh, well, we definitely moved out, uh, you know, before Time Warner was built. Uh, but uh, the Coliseum had towers, and you were sort of looking through. I, if I remember correctly, I just remember being able to see Central Park South directly. Um, but the building was there, and we weren't above it, um, or maybe you know just above it. So it was very, it was it was in your face. You could see it, and so I'm sure Time Warner would be the same thing. Yeah, so I guess. I have no concept of that neighborhood was was then. So I guess like now it's like kind of luxury shopping and, right. and that. Yeah, it and wasn't the, like the horse. That. But were there the horse rides um, for Central Park kind of gathering on Central Park South still? Or uh, I don't remember then if it if it was. I know that I remember on West 60th Street. If you go west of our building, um, that's there were a, a lot of taxi garages, just lots lots of them which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, looking to the north, um, we're basically, we didn't have that view, but we're, you know, we're two blocks away really from Lincoln Center. So we would buy series of you know, ballet and opera, all the cultural stuff that, we, that just wasn't in our face sort of um, you know, when we were living in Chicago. And it was, we really took advantage of it, really loved it. So I think I can tell what your answer is going to be. Your answer is going to be, but um, would you move back to that apartment? Like, if if all things, if you were twenty five and moved to New York and that space was available today, would you take it? Absolutely. Uh, when when I was you know a teenager, or even before I was a teenager in Bethesda, Maryland, just outside of Washington D.C., my um, my grandparents, my father's parents, um, my parents grew up in New Haven and Milford, Connecticut. And my grandfather in Milford, Connecticut, when we would go up there for Christmas or whatever, uh, he would always say to me, Jonathan, if you're not working in New York, then you're just camping out. And I always remember, I always remember that when I actually moved to New York. He, he, he was still alive when I first moved here and, and got to tell him I wasn't camping out anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's, that's awesome. And what's also kind of interesting is that there were no like major like the nuisances um, that you, I, that most of us come to think about New York apartments um, that you were able to just kind of avoid them. Um, do you think that was because you already had the knowledge of what was available? Uh, I don't think so. I th- I think it was just luck. Uh, I didn't have any. I just we just didn't know any better and just saw a building going up as we were walking. We would always walk everywhere and. Uh, and liked the idea of being on the west side, so um, it was up and coming and all that sort of thing. And the e- Upper East Side, where my parents live, I liked it, but it didn't. See- I wanted we wanted something sort of new or evolving. 
and that's what the Upper West Side at that time seemed to be like. It's not nothing like it was now. It's really gone way over, <laughs> way beyond what it was. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely live there again, for sure. Um, you know, if I was 25, I would. There's no regrets. I, we loved every minute of it. And it was, it was bittersweet to move um, to the suburbs. But with one baby and one on the way, um, you know, affordability <laughs> became yeah. a bigger issue, getting a bigger place and all that thing. So we, um, we, I opted to commute, and we delayed it about a year just because we loved living in this building and city so much. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think now it's, like, kind of changed when it comes to having kids in the city? Oh, I think it's significantly more expensive. Um, that's It's tough. I mean, um, you know, school and uh, just – day-to-day expenses and all that it's it's hard and it's not in the city's best interest to price its residents out um, no matter you know where they are and I think one of the biggest challenges to this city and any other city is affordable housing and I'm not even talking about government subsidized in any way I'm really talking about um, middle-class housing Um, you know the I remember when uh, we moved out of the city in 89. So we lived in that building for four years, 85 to 89. And uh, actually, I take that back. It was 1990. It was December 1st of 1990 when we moved into a, we rented a house in Connecticut to see if we liked the town and we loved it and ended up buying later. But I just remember there was a wave of people my age in their late 20s that we're starting to have families that were, there was some sort of almost an exodus of people my age moving to the suburbs. And it was mainly because of affordability. Um, so, you know, that's a familiar refrain, you know, from what's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think there's a future for families in the city? Do you think there's like, yeah, like anything that can be done or do you think that, th- that it's just going to continue to get more expensive? So, you know, I think, uh, Everything goes in cycles, and we just went through a significant cycle of super luxury, luxury, and there'll always be elements of that, Um, but human beings are really good at screwing things up. That's why we have market cycles, and, um, you know, if you figure a housing cycle can be seven to ten years, you know, we're in in a cycle, and we'll probably be in an, you know, it, it will transition to another cycle, so... Who knows? I'm very hopeful because I think what is what I think people don't appreciate uh, right now is that um, the city is a vibrant, um, just incredible experience. But the minute, you know, we're the last few years, we're seeing affordability become a much bigger issue. And when you do that, you lose a lot of the character of the city as people are priced out and it becomes more, even though it may be more luxury, but it's more generic. And I love the nooks and crannies, like the chicken that would play tic-tac-toe in Chinatown, um, we discovered, and um, just oddball things like that. A lot of relatives coming to visit me, and I wouldn't, I would take them to the weird, you know, things that they would never find on their own. And I think that's important. Um, to a certain degree, I'm not waxing poetic about the old days were so much better because I think I think that's not true. But I'd like to keep some of the elements of the older, you know, at least the last 20, 30 years. Um, 
to remain in existence. I, I cannot agree more. Um, so thank you so much. That was Jonathan Miller of Miller Samuel, um, the, the king of appraisal, um, the, the rock star king of appraisal. Um, I wish everybody here could see um, his just incredibly garish rock star outfit right now. Um, if, um, thank this you is all. being recorded, right? This is being recorded. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, if, if you want to come on or if you think there's anybody um, that you want to nominate to join us on My First Department, reach out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're localized NYC on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my email is Aaron G at localized.city and shoot, shoot me an email, shoot me a message, and we hope to have you on. And thank you again, Jonathan. My pleasure.